Welcome to the Church Brand Guide Podcast. This is Michael Persaud. I'm so glad you're joining me today. We have a great topic, and uh, we're going to be talking about how to retain guests as a church. This is the question that we get asked quite a bit. Uh, how do we how do we close the back door? So we're going to address the back door issue where people are leaving your church, uh, and you don't know why. You don't know exactly where they're going. Uh, maybe your guest uh, registry or uh, however you track visitors says that you have uh, a dozen visitors every single week or more, and then you're wondering, where are they going? So why aren't they sticking around? So we're going to answer that question. We're going to tackle that question and provide some answers for you to help you figure out what that begins to look like. So what are the most effective churches doing that are retaining guests and uh, just help you maybe make some evaluations on what you're doing to see if you can improve on that. In our next episode, I'm excited to have Adam McLaughlin on, who is a marketing expert that is doing an amazing job at his church down in Florida, seeing some great results happening. So we're going to unpack some details that will help you quite a bit, maybe just get some ideas on on what you could do for your church. But send us your greatest marketing question. Go ahead and just reply to the email that you get uh, whenever we release a new episode, or you could send it to michael at prasadcreative.com or leave a comment on the blog uh, episode. Uh, This would be episode 25. Either way, send your greatest marketing question, and we're going to answer that on the next episode. So we are on episode 25 of the Church Brand Guide podcast. I am learning a lot about what uh, is appealing to the audience. So as we do every episode, we're getting feedback just from our analytics, just seeing what people are responding to. But I want to invite you to just send me a reply. Uh, maybe just reply to the email that you you get uh, when a blog is uh, posted, when a podcast is posted, and just let me know what you think. What would you like to hear more of? What would you like to uh, maybe change about the podcast? And um, how can it better help you? One of the things we are learning is that a lot of creative people are listening to the podcast. So uh, either small agencies or freelance designers, uh, that's part of our audience. And uh, we, as well as the, uh, the church creatives that are uh, doing staff uh, projects as part of a church staff. So if we can provide resources or information to help you further, please let me know, reply, send me an email, um, go to the blog and uh, churchbrandguide.com, leave a comment, and then uh, we can help uh, just make this podcast more helpful to you. So in our, um, in our topic today about how to retain people, how to retain guests, there are three big ideas that, that I want to put out there. One is to create uh, a great experience for your guests. So it sounds pretty simple and straightforward, but the idea is this. If you want new people to come to your church, and if you want them to stick around, then you have to be mindful of them. So create an experience that is mindful of new guests. That means you're going to lean more towards appealing to new people than you are to retaining the people that you have the people that you have, hopefully that have been there for years and years, have uh, made a commitment that this is their home church. They've made relationships and um, they're going to stick around. So you need to focus on the people that are just going to come that first time. You know, what is their experience going to be like? And then in the next few weeks where they're trying to decide if this is their church home, you need to uh, really lean into that and help them make that decision that this is their church home. So create a great experience. This starts online with the website. The website is a huge part of creating a great experience. So ask yourself, can somebody who's checking out my church online, can they find out 
what the type of church is like what what style of worship do we have what style of teaching do we have can they listen to a sermon can they find out information about events that are going on do the is there a section that helps them understand the uh the culture and the feel of the church so they understand if they need to wear a suit when they come or if they need to you know, or if they could just be uh, in, in shorts if they show up, and that's okay. So is there easy ways for you to communicate with your website about the culture of the church, the core values, and the beliefs of the church? And then um, take that further as they walk into your facility. What does it say? If you're a guest, if you're new to that church, is there signage to help you get around? Is the coffee bar stocked and well well, um, you know, cleaned off and looks inviting? Uh, are the restrooms clean? Uh, is the paint uh, good and not chipped on the on the on the walls? Um, just think about things in in the perspective of a new person coming to your church, kind of like a guest coming to your house. You would want to make sure that they feel welcomed, that things are easy for them, and that they can get information and help, uh, as well as just be anonymous if they want to be be anonymous for a while. So, so that's where signage comes in. Can they get themselves around? Can they find the bathrooms? and not have to ask somebody until they're ready to talk. So um, just be thinking about that. Be mindful of the experience and create an experience that is very thoughtful of them. So if you know there are common questions that new people ask, maybe your kids' classes are kind of tucked away um, and, and you know that's a question that comes up all the time, how can you be mindful to just uh, address the issue ahead of time? We talk about, in our interview today, we talk about Disney and how they do such an amazing job. When you walk onto their properties as, as at a Disney park, they have so many things that are just uh, geared towards guests to make your experience um, as easy as possible. So think, think a little bit differently about how your approach is and what your approach is when it comes to new people coming to your church. So the other um, big idea is to cultivate relationships. People are going to stick around when they have relationships, when they have friends and best friends at the church. So what can you do as a church to cultivate relationships? A coffee bar is an idea just to be able to have people mingle and talk and rub up against each other, so to speak, and just begin to form relationships. Small groups is a good idea. Um, A lot of relationships are formed in in community groups. Uh, Maybe there's a special interest that that group is rallied around, or maybe it's just a a topic that's... um, that's the topic for the week. But small groups are a great idea to um, build relationships. Creating seating areas in your lobby uh, where people can sit in groups and talk and, and, and uh, just cultivate those relationships. That's a great idea as well. So um, what can you do as a church to build relationships and encourage relationships among people? Because when those relationships form, that's when people decide to stick around. Uh, the third thing, just to mention, is that you want to communicate your values so that guests can learn what you value and they can choose to be a part of it. So that can be through your environment. It could be through your communications from the stage, through your website. Um, there's a bunch of different ways that you can communicate your values. And uh, that's, that's very important that you, um, you identify what those values are. Maybe your church is wanting to be excellent in everything that you do. So you start on time. Uh, your signage is clear, uh, has a, a particular font to it. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to play through in the way your service runs. Um, there's a clear schedule. Um, maybe, maybe your church values relationships. So maybe starting on time is not the biggest deal for you because you want people to mingle and, and just kind of get to know each other more. So maybe you put a lot of emphasis in, into a coffee bar or um, just into seating areas. 
to cultivate relationships. So it looks different for different churches, depending on what your core values are. But if you can uh, know what those core values are and then design your experience around it, that's what allows people to connect with your church and to stick around. So the back door is always going to be there. People are going to be leaving for different reasons. You know, maybe they move, uh, new job, different things along those lines. But you can help to shrink that back door as much as possible by being intentional about creating a brand that is appealing to guests. So it's not about who's already there. It's about who you want to be there. And I know that's kind of a tough idea, but you, you want to take care of the people that are there, yes. But I, what I want to do is just emphasize the idea that if you're not thinking about guests, if you're not being mindful about their experience, then you're not going to get them and you're not going to get them to stay. So um, be mindful of that. There's one church that I work with. They have three buildings on their campus. And one of the big things is that you don't understand which building is the main building. So when you drive onto the campus, you really have to think to, if you're a guest, a new person, uh, which which is the main building? Um, which ones do I take my kids to? So we, um, we've we been working with them to, to put up signs that just direct people to go to the right building. The other thing is like, hey, how do we label the buildings? Right now, one of them's named the Family Life Center. One's, one of them's a worship center. And th- those become uh, confusing. The people that are on the inside, you understand. But if you're new, you don't understand maybe what that means. So can you simplify it? Can it just be building one and building two? Um, doesn't sound very exciting, but at the same time, who are you trying to appeal to? If you're trying to appeal to guests and new people, then you just want to make it as simple as possible. So hopefully that helps you just get into the right mindset. Um, and then we'll get into our interview right now with Jonathan Hardy, who is part of the Hardy Group, a consulting company that goes around uh, working with different churches to help them in all different areas of their ministry. So Jonathan has a lot of experience uh, working with churches and uh, a lot of experience in helping them retain people, not only on the uh, on the branding side, but even on the on the back end, the, the logistics side of it, uh, databases and uh, accounting and different things like that. So. He, um, he primarily is focusing on the, uh, the building a brand. That's kind of our topic. How do you build a brand that retains people? And uh, he has a lot of great information. So let's get right to the interview with Jonathan Hardy. Welcome to the Church Brand Guide podcast. I'm here today with our special guest, Jonathan Hardy, and he's going to be helping us understand um, how we can retain uh, people, how, how to retain people in our churches. So this is a question we get asked quite a bit uh, when we go out and work with different churches, whether it's designing a logo or a website or just kind of talking about church, uh, church marketing in general. We get this question quite a bit. So Jonathan has been doing this and working in this area for quite some time. So um, let's go right to it. Hey, Jonathan, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me today, Michael. I'm pumped to be here. All right. Well, why don't we take a moment and just explain uh, just what you do and kind of how you got to this point of um, doing what you do. You consult with churches, but why don't you, in your own words, explain um, what you do? Yeah, no, that's great. I appreciate it. Well, um, in short, I grew up in church ministry, so I've kind of... um, I eat, breathe, and sleep ministry. I mean, I've done that since I was a kid. That's all I've ever really known. And so, um, short story, while I was in seminary, I became a pastor uh, at uh, James River Church in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, saw oversaw a variety of ministries there. Uh, then it was about um, 
well, it was my final year. I worked there for seven years. My final year there, I, uh, God began working on me to to resign, actually, and to help start a new church with one of my other buddies who I worked with there at James River. And so, um, long story short, three years ago, we uh, packed up the family, sold our house, did everything uh, to, to move, and we moved to Kansas City, Missouri, uh, to help start a new church called Summit Park Church. And so while there... Um, obviously, as you know, church planting is not a lucrative uh, occupation, and so <laughs> consequently had to uh, figure out, well, what am I going to do to pay the bills? And, um, and it was actually miraculous how everything played out, uh, and save that for another time. But the short version is I started working uh, with my dad while doing the Summit Park uh, church plant on the side, and my dad uh, started the Hardy Group, which is a, an organization for, designed to help with consulting and uh, provide resources for churches. And so uh, he needed help, and I needed a job, so it kind of all worked out perfectly. And, uh, and so I've been doing that actually for the last two and a half years, working full-time with him where, where we provide resources for churches and uh, moving toward more, more and more digital resources, video resources for churches, and, and still do consulting where we travel around and, and work with churches. And then so on the side, I still do the, my responsibilities. I'm a part of the lead team for Summit Park Church here in Kansas City. Um, so a- anyway, all that to say, that's kind of how I got to where I am today in terms of, you know, the, the history and, and everything. And so we love working with churches. I, I mean, I absolutely literally love what I do and helping churches, and obviously it's all about the kingdom and, and advancing the kingdom, and that's why I'm excited today about our topic, because this is such a huge topic in terms of how do you help get people to stick, how do you retain people, uh, I mean, that's the million-dollar question, I think, that all churches face, and so I'm excited to talk with you about it here. Yeah, so just to recap, you've been part of a large church, having a lot of resources and, you know, a lot of different things happening at the church, and now you are part of a church plant that started off pretty small. How, how large was the church when you when you started? The, uh, the church plant, we, you know, we launched, we had about 42 people move to help start the church from uh, where we lived in Springfield, Missouri, to Kansas City, and then by the time we actually launched the church, uh, we had uh, around 100 or, or more people that had committed that they were going to be a part of the church. So, I mean, right out of the gate, we started well. God provided financially and in really miraculous ways. And so that was a huge, huge help and really gave us the momentum and, and kind of catapulted things forward faster, um, which is which is maybe not always the case for, for church plants. But I, obviously, I'm, I'm certainly grateful that um, it's worked out the way it has. So it's been great. Yeah, so you understand uh, both on both ends, kind of this large church perspective, but then also on a smaller church perspective, how to how this issue is just a it it, it pertains to both audiences. So we um, we'll work with large churches, and it's funny because they they actually have the same problem. Like they they lose track of people, and they're like, hey, you know, we're we're spinning our wheels a little bit, and we don't know how to fix the uh, the problem. And then small churches. They kind of know that it's going on. Like they can actually know the faces. They're, I guess the difference is that they they know the people, <laughs> and then um, uh, they all of a sudden realize that um, the church isn't growing. There's not a new flux of people coming in, or if there is a new flux of people coming in, then older people are are um, are leaving. 
So let's let's get right into it and describe. Um, can you describe the backdoor problem that um, that we're talking about? That's that's the terminology that I hear quite a bit. Is that we're losing people out the back door? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and to reiterate what you're saying, uh, as you're talking about large church versus small church too, I think one of the things that um, you know, as a church grows, you have to be more intentional about about this issue because the bigger the church is the you don't know everyone whereas the smaller you are you can kind of keep tabs on on who people are and and where they're at and what's going on um but like you said this is an issue and challenge for all because it's just the reality and so as it relates to this question um you know the back door is an issue and for pastors it's this is something that causes sleepless nights i mean this is one of those things where you just look at it and say man what what is going on, why why are people leaving, and, and what can we do about it? And hopefully through our time here, we'll be able to share some principles. I don't believe there's a silver bullet. Uh, personally, I don't believe there's just a quote-unquote secret sauce that says, man, this is the secret uh, to do it, although I think we all wish there was and we look for those things. Uh, but hopefully some principles of, of that will, will help. Um, you know, I think for a lot of people, the back door isn't, the focus. And, and what I mean by that is they're not focused on retaining guests specifically. And, and I think that could be a, a difficult thing for people, uh, for churches, is if, if their focus is solely on taking care of the people that they have, uh, which they should do, uh, so I'm not saying don't do that, but not at the expense of, of not being mindful of the guests who might be coming, because uh, typically, if people are connected, then then the chances of them staying are going are going to increase. But if the guests who come, that's when that back door really happens uh, to be more open because they haven't made that connection yet, and so they might come, shop around, check it out for a few weeks or a couple months or whatever. But uh, then it's easier for them to slip through the cracks and 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 no longer attend. So this is definitely a, a major thing for people, and I, I should preface it with. You know, the reality that all churches have attrition to some degree. I mean, people move away. Uh, some people, the, the style or whatever, it's, it's just not for them. They're looking for something different. And that's not a bad thing. I think that's just the reality that we have to recognize. So, you know, you can't ever 100% close the back door, so to speak. But the goal, I think, for all churches should be to just shrink that thing down as small as possible so that you minimize the amount of potential people that you would have uh, leaving the church. So hopefully that kind of helps describe it a little bit. Yeah, you were you were explaining that um, mainly the people that get lost track um, of within the church are, are people that are guests. Maybe they've been there not for years, but maybe a short amount of time, maybe a few weeks, few months even. Those are the types of people that tend to get lost and, and kind of move on. And that, that seems to make sense. If, if somebody's not rooted and planted in the church, then there's a possibility that they're going to move on for whatever reason. Um, you know, if you've been a part of a church for a very long time, your family's growing up there, you're, you're probably not going to move on quite as quickly. Or you might even let somebody know before it happens. But when, when you're just checking things out, I, we experienced this. My wife and I were looking for a church for the really the first time in our lives about five years ago. And uh, we experienced that it took us a maybe I, I, it's a big church that we ended up landing with, and it, it it took us maybe two years to get to where we felt comfortable that we knew a good circle of people. Like it took a long time, and I would say up until that point, 
we could have snuck out if we wanted to. Yeah. Well, you know, and that really to me seems to to hold to go to a whole other element that if you want, we you know, we could jump in and talk about. But to me, is this whole idea of of why people um, why they leave just in general, and 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 to me, the number one reason why they leave is they just haven't connected. Um, it's a it's it's that's a massive that's a massive thing for sure. Right, that makes sense. So you're talking about forming relationships, not just um, you know superficial hi how you're doing, but you're actually talking about um, connections that are you know deeper connections. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, you, and the studies show it. The studies indicate, hey, the number one pe- reason why people choose to leave their church is they just they haven't felt connected. So whether that, I mean, and that, you know, I know we're speaking. <laughs> speaking specifically of guests, but obviously that, that is true, too, of people who maybe have gone there a while. But, um, yeah, th- there's no relationship happening. So they come, they, they sit down, they sing songs, they, they hear the preaching, they walk out the door, and they didn't really talk to anyone. And so I think, um, you know, that's the, that's the top thing. In fact, when we survey at some of our church, where I'm a part here now, we survey our guests that come. And... Um, the top thing that we hear from people as to why they like the church and why they're coming back, if they choose to come back, is not because of the preaching. It's not because of the music. It's, it's not because of the ancillary things that we do. It's because of the friendliness, the welcome, the hospitality. They feel like it's a place that they can belong. Um, and to me, that says a lot about what people are really looking for in a church. Uh, obviously, people want good music. They want good preaching. They want a good program for their children. I think the the children thing, obviously, that's a that's a big one for for younger families, especially. But God made us for relationships, and and at the end of the day, it's all about the relationships, and all the other stuff is is important, but it's not as much of a deal breaker as relationships. And if people don't have that connection at at the church that they're a part of, there's no relationships that they've established, then it's a lot easier for them to walk out the door. Uh, Larry Osborne, uh, who wrote the book Sticky Church, he's the lead pastor of North Coast Church. Um, I had the privilege of interacting with him a couple years back, and one of the things he told me I thought was very fascinating is that he said the goal for him and for what he wants to see at North Coast Church is he wants to see every person to have two out of their top three best friends also attending North Coast Church because he knows that if their best friends are there, they're not going anywhere. Um, and I thought, man, that's really a, a really profound way to look at it because that's the, that's the truth. If people, if they're not connecting, then, then they're, they're, they're going to end up heading out that back door. Yeah, I heard a story, too, of a, a large church. We're talking over 10,000 in size. And um, they they had this uh, new kind of thing they were doing, new new for them, where they were starting to push small groups. They hadn't had a need for it in the past or just didn't do it, but then they started to push the idea of small groups. And they collected some stories, and uh, it was funny because they got a lot of stories that were saying that now that they have small groups, they feel like they're part of a community. 
and many of them had been going to the church for a long time. In fact, this one lady I remember, her story, she talked about going to the church for eight years. And she talked about she would just come and go every, every week for eight years and never got to know people in the church. And then finally, when the small group thing kind of happened, she actually got to know people. And one or two times when she's missed, somebody actually called her up or sent her a message saying that we missed you. And this was a large church, thriving, successful church, yet they didn't have that connection that you, you were talking about. Yeah, it's huge. I also, you know, it's funny, I just come to think of it, I, I got a phone call maybe two weeks ago, and it was from a, uh, a church that was a small church here in the, the Kansas City area, and um, they, they, they were looking for someone. Um, they hadn't seen this uh, attender of their church for um, quite a while, and they knew that I knew him, and so they were calling, hey, have you heard um, anything about Noah? We just haven't seen him for several weeks. So at a smaller church, they probably have about 150 or so people. You tend to, you know, get to know who's in there, who's, who's in the church. And it was, just, it was just amazing how they were just like, they were actually making a phone call, being proactive about it to ask about uh, my friend because they hadn't seen him for several, several weeks. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And obviously when people are connected like that and if they've been absent, uh, so to speak, then it, it definitely lends itself to the opportunity for follow-up. And, you know, but like that church you're talking about, that before they started their small group ministry, you know, that, that wasn't part of their DNA probably. Um, they probably did church well and had good preaching and music and all that, and so it attracted people. But um, it's neat to see uh, how the small group ministry impacted people. And that's one of the things I had a privilege of doing at Jim's River Church was overseeing our small group ministry. And I can't tell you this, the story after story of people feeling like, oh, man, I, I feel like I belong here when they get plugged into a group. It's amazing. Right. So what are, what are some of the key reasons? You mentioned a couple of them, but any, any key reasons that you can think of right off the top why people leave their, their church? Well, aside from uh, not connecting, I might throw out uh, one, possibly an, another one. Uh, the first thing that the, – the second thing, I guess, if you say um, not connecting well, it's the first thing. second thing would be um, when churches don't do church well. Um, I think that can be a reason why people leave the church. So what I mean by that is it's just – it's not it's, – it's not done – to the degree that it could or should be done. And um, so let me give you an example. I, I was speaking with uh, a girl actually just a few days ago, and she is she, her, the pastor at her church. Uh, she's not, not where I am. She lives somewhere else. And the pastor of her church asked her to oversee the hospitality ministry of the church. And uh, so she and I are friends. She calls me up, says, hey, this is kind of the situation. And uh, do you have anything, do you have any resources that can help me? And so I sent her a few things that, that we've put together at the Hardy Group that uh, I, I think would be helpful for her. And so she watched these videos and, and, um, and said, wow, man, we, we don't do any of this. In fact, she was telling me about in, in the parking lot, for example. You know, they have uh, just a, a couple of people that are there to park cars. But outside of that, there's no real presence outside. And... You know, to me, when I heard that, I said, man, that's a missed opportunity. You know, I'd say you should have 10 people out there. And I, I don't know off the top of my head the size of, of the church, but point being, 
you know, they're, the, the people in the parking lot aren't there to park cars. They're there to welcome people and to be hospitable and expecting that people are going to be coming. And so that was an example with her. But they, they, didn't, they, they weren't doing that well. They weren't, they weren't being uh, prepared like they probably should. Uh, another thing when, uh, we see when we travel to churches is when, when churches are not put together nicely. And I know this is kind of a, a, a small thing, but it, it really, to me, it speaks volumes about the, what, how people view church and the care and, uh, they have for their facility. When the facility is not organized, when it's sloppy, when there's stuff that's, you know, it's not organized or it's not clean, uh, bathrooms, you know, they, if those aren't clean, all those little things, you know, sometimes you, you can't necessarily put your finger on it, but subliminally it's, it's a negative per, for the, from the perspective of the guest. And so, you know, doing church well uh, means, you know, you, you have everything in order and everything's t- neat and tidy and looks good. It's, pre- it's a good presentation because if guests are coming, it's like when you go to your, when you have people over your house, uh, at least the way we do it at our house, and I, I guess my assumption is that this is what most people do. We have guests over. Uh, we had guests over just uh, the other the other night. Our, our the small group that we lead. Well, you know, my wife and I we're cleaning. We're 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 cleaning the floor. We're getting the bathrooms cleaned up. We're we're making sure everything's neat and tidy. And that's what that's what churches need to do. But what can happen is when you start stop thinking about future guests. And you just kind of get in the flow of doing what you do every week. It, you know, the, the counter, the welcome center, the counters, the guy loaded with paper and stuff, and it just doesn't look good. Those little things, uh, to me personally, speak volumes. Um, so, and you know, we, the, you could run, you could run down a whole list of how to how not to do church, you know, or how to how to do it sloppy. Whether it's the service that's going way way too long, or it's it's just not. Uh, neat and tidy and transitioned well from element to element or, you know, the preaching's not prepared. I mean, we could go on and on. But the point is this, in, in my mind, when, when I talk about not doing church well, really I think churches need to, quote, unquote, do church with excellence. Uh, not, now, what I'm saying there is not perfection. So it doesn't have to be, we don't strive to have perfection. Uh, in fact, at Summit Park, we always talk about how we're a group of imperfect people following a perfect God. So we, we recognize, hey, we're not perfect. And so church doesn't have to be perfect, but it should be done well. It should be done with excellence. And if there's ways to improve, we should do so. That's one of the things we like to talk about often at the Hardy Group is this whole concept and creating this culture of continual improvement where you're constantly looking for how can we do things better. Um, I think that's a huge uh, reason why people – choose to leave the church as if it's not done well. Uh, another thing that's more guest-specific, uh, and this might be a smaller thing, but uh, might be worth pointing out real quick here, is that, you know, whenever it comes to the, whatever you're promoting for your church, so maybe your website looks a certain way or has people on it that, um, you know, look bubbly and excited and happy, or maybe your Facebook posts, uh, reflects that type of um, look and appearance. But then when people show up, the experience is different from that. Is that people aren't that happy and excited to see the guest or they, um, you know, it's, it doesn't look the same. They, don't ex- they have an expectation based upon what they see through various means of promotion. 
but then when they come and experience it, it's different. So there's a whole concept of over-promising and under-delivering. Specifically for guests, I think that's another thing that churches need to be mindful of. You want to you wow your guests. You want people to, you want this over-the-top, just, wow, that was, that exceeded their expectations. I think that's another thing that can really help churches and, um, do you have a do you have a specific um, maybe example of what the the wowing means? Because I think I think that means different things in in different uh, types of churches. Um, I just uh, talk with a church that's a large church over twenty thousand people, but you, you walk in and it's just um, doesn't look impressive. Um, doesn't the, the service experience is not over the top? Um, but what they focus on quite a bit is uh, community outreach and just really organizing people to make a difference in the community. And then there's another church that we've uh, that I've been to that has you walk into the auditorium and there's lights. It looks like a concert. You know, it's loud, it's vibrant, it's you know energetic. But and they've they're successful as well. But it's just two different ways of doing it. Can you maybe unpack that that whole wow? Like what what can that start to look like for churches? <clears throat> Well, I think you hit it on the head that it's different for every church. So there's not a one-size-fits-all in terms of how to create a wow because um, it's all dependent upon where your church is, the culture of, of that area of the, of the community, and so forth. Um, but maybe just some examples of a wow. Wows, uh, to me, start with planning. So you, this has to be something that has to happen behind the scenes, first of all, where there's discussion maybe with uh, the key leadership of the church on how can we create wows. And so you've got to start there. So if, if you don't plan for it, you're not going to give people a wow. And so there's probably some brainstorming that has to happen. And, and, then, and then from there you can start to say, okay, well, what does that look like for us? Uh, now, I would say, and, and we talk about this in, in one of our resources, Church Marketing University, but it, one of the things I think that's really helpful is it starts online. Um, so the experience online is good because the reality is, and this is probably obvious, uh, especially to your listeners, but the reality is people are checking out your website. They're looking at your Facebook page. They're, they're online first before they come to your building. In fact, many times people, um, they don't even know where your building is located, but they're, they're going to go online first, and then when they find out, okay, yeah, I think that looks like someplace I'd like to be a part of, then they're going to go to your facility. So the wow starts online, and that, that happens through you know, clear, concise um, content that's on the website. One of the things we do, and this is a specific thing that I think is very helpful, to expedite the process. Anything you can do to expedite processes um, for people is, to me, a, a wow factor. And one of those that we offer at Summit Park Church is, is our pre-registration for kids check-in. Uh, so... That's a way where people can, uh, in advance, they can get their kids registered, and it makes the process faster when they show up on Sunday morning uh, when we have services. And because, and obviously, there's security procedures and, you know, checking in and getting the stickers and all the stuff that they do. Um, so that's, that's, a, that's kind of a, a one example. But then another thing really goes down to this whole idea of creating a culture of thoughtfulness. And where you're looking for, you're, you're, you're being thoughtful. And, and the leaders of the church, your, your, your team of people that are volunteering, these people are being thoughtful. And, and um, 
so an example, just practical example that comes to mind is something that we do, and that is we have a, a handful of gift cards, five or ten dollar gift cards available for people, and we've empowered people, certain people, that they've got the freedom to make a decision as to whether or not they think they should give a gift card to somebody if somebody maybe has a less than par experience. So um, a, a very real example for us was we changed service times. And what happened was and we did everything we could to get the word out. I mean, everything, you know, but you can't get 100% of people to catch the fact that service change, times change. And so then someone showed up early and they were there, they were there, you know, 30 or 45 minutes early. And this is when we were still meeting in the gymnasium before we uh, locked into our permanent facility. So we were meeting in this gymnasium. So there's nowhere for the, go, the person to go. So what we did was we had gift cards, and we said, hey, here's a, here's a I don't remember if it was a 5 or $10 Starbucks gift card. Go get, go get some coffee and a pastry or something like that. And, uh, you know, it's right down the street. Come on back here in 30 minutes, and we'll look forward to seeing you. And to me, that's just an example of, that, that, that's, they weren't expecting that. And that's an over-the-top uh, mindset that, that we've tried to ingrain, and I think churches should do this, where, where you're being thoughtful enough, and you, this goes all the way back to what I said, where you've got to be planned, and, and you can do things like that that can just help in, in those type of occasions. And the list can go on of ways to do that, but that's just a couple of quick things that maybe come to mind that are ways to help. Uh, create that wow experience. Oh, that's great. I, I love the mentality that you're talking about. Um, you know, a great company, uh, if you're looking outside of um, even church world, uh, to look at when it comes to this is um, is Disney. I mean, just think about it. If you've ever been to Disney, you experience this all the time. Um, in fact, I remember when I, when I went to Disney, um, when you even came onto the property, it was amazing. It just the 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 way it looked, the um the way they built it, the uh, landscaping, everything just was you know it just looked really good. Um, the experience, I you know I forgot my toothbrush. Well, they they had extra toothbrush. It's like they knew that this happens, <laughs> you know, and and so it it's almost like they're reading your mind. Maybe that's a good way to put it. It's almost like you're reading the minds of the people that are showing up at your doors. Yeah. Yeah, Disney is like they're they're the, they're an amazing example of that. And it's in every area too. When it, it, whether in the in the hotel um, or maybe at the theme park, um, interacting with people, uh, their their people are trained up well to to provide that. Like I, I remember one of the uh, employees at Disney talking about they um, they're empowered to make decisions to make their guests um, comfortable. So if somebody's in a wheelchair and the, that employee, uh, that cast member, can, can do something out of the ordinary to help them feel more comfortable, they're given permission to do that, and they're trained to do that. So it's not only like with the buildings and the facilities and the, maybe the graphic components of, of what you experience. It's uh, also the training and the mindset behind it all. Yeah, I, I so, think that, that, that's, that's spot on, man. That's awesome. So let's talk about maybe some um, 
uh, some things that uh, are resources. Do you have any? Um, you mentioned actually one of them that um, you uh, that we're you're a part of um, that I've been a part of a little bit called Church Marketing University. Um, but can you just go through any any resources that um, you you would share that uh, can churches can help churches? In fact, let me let me just kick it off. There's a book um, we just talked about Disney. There's a book called Creating Magic. It's written by Lee Cockrell. He used to be the CEO of Disney a, a little while back, and he wrote a book. And it's really just about being um, hospitable and how Disney has that culture of being hospitable. And so it's a great book. I'd recommend any church to pick it up and read it um, just to get ideas on different ways to be um, uh, just very uh, welcoming and, and create that wow factor. Do you have any, uh, any other resources that you would like to share? Yeah, no, actually I do, um, and um, I think uh, in the non-church world, another example is called the New Gold Standard. Um, that's uh, based from the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company, and um, that's another good book that, that is out there that I think is kind of a, along the same lines with the, the Disney approach. They're another organization that they've got that thing down really well. Um, in the church world, and, and I... Uh, it's not specific necessarily to hospitality, but it's specific to helping people um, stick. Is is uh, who I mentioned there, uh, earlier, Larry Osborne. He wrote a book called Sticky Church, and I really personally liked that book. Um, and that book, uh, to a degree, is on small group ministry, but there's principles and in, in, in a mindset as well on in the book that just is on the whole idea of getting people to stick. And, uh, and so that's another book that I highly recommend. If people have not read that book, I think it's a great book um, that I'd recommend. So those are a couple of different things I think I'd throw out there. I don't know if you've read it or not, but there's a, there's a book called um, Delivering Happiness. It talks about the, um, the Zappos approach. Um, yeah, it's, uh, Zappos it used to be a shoe company. They sell more, more than their shoes now. But uh, the, the core concept um, of Zappos, they're, 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 um, kind of the value that they have that drives everything, is to provide um, the best customer service experience in the world. And so um, they talk about in the book just different stories of how they go above and beyond to provide um, amazing customer service uh, for people. So even they, they go out of their way and they get some crazy stories like you know people buying shoes from a different store and they're returning it to Zappos, and Zappos takes it. Um, or, or maybe a customer service rep spends like an hour and a half trying to help a customer on something, where most companies are like, hey, you need to end your calls in five minutes. The Zappos says, it's okay. If you need to spend an hour and a half, do it to help your, your, your customer. Um, so I thought that was a really nice book as well. I, I've read it um, many years ago, but it's a really, uh, really good resource. Yeah, I think all those books are good. And, you know, to me, the whole thing is, how does it apply to church world? And, you know, so many times churches can get so caught up in what they do, they forget about people. And, you know, if it weren't for people, ministry wouldn't exist. So, you know, we have to have people and keeping people in the forefront of our minds. And sometimes uh, people, the people business gets messy, and sometimes people business takes a lot of time, but it's, it is uh, obviously worth it. And, um, and these, these books, it's interesting how these books, in, from a non-church or non-Christian perspective, there's so much overlap with how churches can, can operate and can function as well. 
Yeah, and I think you hit on it earlier too. It's just a mindset behind it all. You know, um, how, how do how do churches retain people? It's just developing this mindset that, you know, you, you're going to serve them well. Um, you're going to connect it with relationships. I think those are two of the main points that you have maybe brought out, um, building those relationships and and then just uh, having this mentality to, to do what it takes to, you know, to serve, um, you know, within reason, of course. <laughs> you don't want to go out of go crazy with it. But um, I mean, and that's just core values of what the, uh, what the Bible is all about, right? Well, that's exactly right. And to me, the, um, the thing is, if you can do something, why not do it? And, you know, obviously there are limits and, you know, churches, you know, can't necessarily do everything, but what they can do is great. And it's all about, in all these books, the, the key is, it's about building that in the DNA culture of the organization. And it has to be a part of the DNA of the church. And it starts, that starts with the, the leadership. You know, that starts with the pastor and the other leaders of the church and ingraining that in the DNA of themselves first and then of the, the people a part of the church. Because if you don't have the DNA, you can do all the things that these books tell you to do. But if it's not in you, then it's not the same. Gotcha. No, that's great. Um, yeah, and, and so I, th- I think just to sum it up, um, I want to try to make it easy for the listeners to, to get the big idea of what we're talking about. We've shared a lot of examples and different resources and everything. Um, but the big question we're trying to address here is, uh, you know, how does a church build a brand that retains people? And um, I think the, the big idea we're, tr- we're trying to communicate that um, Jonathan's talking about here is to, to, to create these relationships and then to uh, provide this great experience once they, they come on onto uh, your campuses, or even before that, he even talked about online on the digital world, creating a great experience there as well. Jonathan, is there anything else you would like to add? No, man, I, I think it's great. I appreciate you having me, and I appreciate the opportunity. I mean, I love, I love talking about this subject and trying to help churches um, because it's all about the kingdom, ultimately. It's about growth and what can we do to grow the kingdom, and and these things hopefully are helpful for the listeners today, and I'm excited to excited to see how things develop for them in the days and weeks to come. Excellent. Well, hey, can you um can you share with us because you you are really good at this. You've um you've done this before, like we talked about earlier on in the podcast. Um, done it with both a, a very large church um, and then also with a, a church plant. And both churches have been very successful and have seen a tremendous amount of growth. Um, so I, I, in our conversations, even before this podcast, um, I have confidence like, man, Jonathan really knows what he's talking about. And uh, you've put together a resource called Church Marketing University. Can you unpack that for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking. Um, Church Marketing University, in short, is a um, is a course that we uh, created in, in partnership with um, another individual, who um, where we basically help churches um, get from A to Z when it comes to marketing. And a lot of churches they do these things, but um, our course helps them to do them well and to do them right. And so it's everything from digital. Um, your digital presence, SEO, um, email, uh, Facebook, all the social media platforms, 
And um, then we even have a whole module just on the guest experience because you can do all this stuff to get people there, but then if the experience isn't right, um, that's not good. So this course basically is a 16-module course uh, designed to help uh, uh, help churches grow and increase the, the platform and the visibility. We believe that a person's or a church's digital location is probably now more important than their physical location. I mean, traditionally, you had to have two things. You had to have visibility and accessibility. Well, now with the, uh, the Internet and the growth of social media and, and everything else, that, that has changed the game to where a, person's, a church's digital location is equally, if not more important. And um, so we, in fact, we have a, um, uh, a blog post that uh, got released here middle of August uh, specifically on that at the Hardy Group's website. Uh, but the point is this, Church Marketing University, it's this course that um, we have found to be very, very helpful for churches, and, um, and it's, it's uh, certainly a great uh, tool. I know you've looked at it yourself and, and um, you know, have uh, even have been a guest in it. So you've, you've given us a lot of insight in the branding module, and that's been ex- extremely helpful for us. And so... We've loved putting it together for churches, and, and it's, been, it's been a fun ride so far. Yeah, and I've had the privilege of watching um, one of the churches that has, um, uh, you know, bought into uh, Church Marketing University. Um, I've been watching them kind of go through it and make some adjustments to how they do things based on the information that's in there. So I believe in the, uh, the, the Church Marketing University quite a bit because it gives a lot of details on the how-to yeah, a lot of times on a podcast like this or on a blog, you get the, hey, you should probably try a couple things. Um, and then we, we on this podcast, we try to get into some how-tos. But in a course, you're really able to unpack it because you've got the time to do it. Um, in fact, how many hours do you think Church Marketing University is, if you had to guess? I couldn't even tell you because we keep adding more videos. <laughs> we keep coming up with more. In fact, one of our modules is, basically a Q&A where people have a specific question and then so we'll put together a video teaching on what well, here's here's the answer uh, so it it uh, I mean it's a it's a it's a lot uh, I'll just put it that way it, it is a jam-packed full course um, and the nice thing about it is it's you go you go as you please uh, and meaning you know once you've got access to it then you can you can get in and and you know watch a few videos at a time and we try to get people to carve out you know maybe 30 minutes a week if you know if they can't do any more than that some churches they're they've got their communications person going through it other churches kind of divide and conquer uh, because some specialize in certain areas and others than others do so um, it's you know it, it is designed to be very practical uh, I mean it's we want it to be how to do stuff. So we we share the broad principles, but then we also basically walk people through how to do it. And one of the things I love about it is that we, we provide templates for people. So if we talk about a Facebook ad, we actually give the Facebook ad. Uh, that way, you know, churches can see, okay, this is exactly what they're talking about, and this is this has been a proven one that works. So that's just an example, but it's yeah, it, to answer your question, it's uh, many many hours. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's why I love it, just because it's um, it is so practical, and um, there's a, we get a lot of those questions. So the fact that we there's a resource now that provides answers, 
that people can check off, you know, step one, two, three, and, and execute the, uh, the principle, the idea, uh, and then see results. It's, it's amazing. So one, one of the, I guess um, to, to wrap us up today, I just wanted to um, maybe share one more example of how all this has come into play and answering the question on, you know, how to retain people in a church. Um, there's a there's a church that um, was actually uh, again has this uh, church marketing university product and they had the big question too of like how do how do we start to how do we we retain people so um, the first part of their question was to how do we how do we draw people so there was an event there is an event that they do every single year and uh, they're in a parade and it's a big community parade and uh, every year they hand out these bags of candy and um, they just felt like they didn't know what the results were. So they would hand out ba- bags of candy every single year, and then they couldn't track, like, well, how's that working for us? And so after um, learning some things about uh, marketing um, and digital marketing, they've changed their whole campaign. So they're going to, leading up to the event this year, they're going to basically do a Facebook um, campaign to draw people to their booth that they have at this event. And then at that booth, they're going to give away some some nice things that people would want, uh, free giveaways, and collect some emails. And then with the emails, they, they're going to apply a um, kind of an automated email system where they can, based on what people, the information what people provided, they can use a segmented email list to send messages out and um, communicate to those people beyond the event. So it's an automated system that'll go for several weeks after the event. And uh, just that whole that whole thing right there, that whole campaign that I just talked through really briefly, is a complete shift from what they're used to doing and what most most churches are used to doing. I think there's a shift in how churches reach people today, and also how ch- churches need to look to retain people today uh, by communicating differently, by using the digital media that's available, and by learning how how that can be done um, by listening to a podcast like this or getting Church Marketing University. Or just basically whatever you have to do, just to learn how to play the this new game, so to speak. That's that's happening. Yeah, that's super cool to hear that, and it's amazing to think about it. But it's you're you're so right in the that is uh, that is spot on. And when people can begin to use the media and the technology and the current ways in which people are communicating, and they can do that to, in the church then that's going to skyrocket the ability for them to be engaged with the church and, and to retain people. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad we got to unpack this topic. I'm, I'm thrilled that I think uh, there's a lot of people that are going to get some practical um, steps that they can take through this conversation. You've provided some, some really good information and uh, just pointed some people in the right direction. Um, so thanks, Jonathan, for coming on the, on the podcast today. Um, thanks for bringing your information and, and for being a part of the show. Well, thank you so much. It's been an honor, and I really appreciate you and all that you're doing to help uh, help churches. It's a huge, it's a huge, huge need, and, and you're helping fill it. So way to go. I want to thank Jonathan Hardy once again for coming on the podcast. Man, he um, really gave us some good information. So hopefully that helps you evaluate your church uh, to begin to solve the big question that every church has, whether big or small, of how do you retain guests and make them uh, stick around long enough to become members of the church. So I wanted to let you know once again that we have a guest coming on the podcast next 
week. His name is Adam McLaughlin, and uh, he is a marketing expert that's working in the trenches at a large church, Im- implementing marketing ideas and then seeing the results. So he's got a lot of great insights that he's going to be bringing. And to set this all up, I, I want to have you submit your greatest marketing question that you're facing with your church. So if you want to send that in, you can email it in to me at michael@persacreative.com. You can go to the blog, leave a comment on episode 25 with your question, or you can reply to the email that you get when I send out the uh, just notification of a new podcast. Either way, uh, let me know your greatest marketing question, and then we're going to answer that on the next podcast. So hopefully that's extremely helpful to you, and uh, you can have a couple of us just kind of throwing out some ideas to help you through uh, maybe an issue you're facing with your church. CMU is Church Marketing University. It's starting up here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, we talked about this with Jonathan Hardy, but this is a marketing course that any church can take that unpacks social media, websites, photography, uh, creating great experiences for your guests, um, and a variety of other topics, over 18 modules. Um, I think it is 18 right now, and they're always adding to it um, in, the, in the future. So if you're, a, if you're a member of the Church Marketing University, you get access to uh, just all the different videos, the updates that they provide the downloadable resources that are in there to help guide you through uh, just creating things like a branding guide or uh, you know questionnaires to help your uh, help you learn more about the people that are in your church. So all of that is included in this resource. It's an amazing um, resource that I've seen uh, churches just benefit from greatly. So make sure that you check it out. We have an affiliate link on our website. If you go to episode 25 on the churchbrandguide.com, we have an affiliate link we'd like you to use, and then that way we're able to connect you with the, the Church Marketing University, and then we get credit for that um, if you sign up. So I'd pre- appreciate it if you did that. And um, I, it's just a resource that I believe in that I think can help your church just take it to the next level as you learn what what what's needed, but then also how to execute it. How do you actually go into Facebook and make those updates so that you can start seeing the results? So uh, check that out for sure. Um, also, I want to let you know about a website questionnaire. So we, in, this, in this episode, we talked about how the website is the front door of your church. So if you're going to help to close the back door, well, then you need to get people into the front door uh, with a great website and make a great experience out of your website so that they are going to come to the church and at least check you out. So you, um, you need to make sure your website has certain things in place to, to draw people into your church to make that first visit. So we are providing a free website questionnaire. It's on the uh, the podcast uh, episode page, episode 25, on the churchbrandguide.com, or you can go to the resource page and just download the resource uh, among other resources that are free that we've provided up on there. The questionnaire has a, a bunch of really good questions to guide you through what uh, a good website needs to to look like, what it, what does it need to have, what kind of experience does it need to provide? So it'll help you out quite a bit. Make sure you grab that on the uh, on the on the blog website. All right. Well, thanks again for joining me this week on the uh, Church Brand Guide podcast, and I'll see you next time.